the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 117, recorded Friday, November 15th, 2013. The Jersey Internet. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. All right, this is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host. Hello. Welcome. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this week we have Harry Mead. Harry is the engineering uh, senior design engineer uh, for CCS Presentation Systems. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you today? I am doing well. Uh, also with us is Mike Brandis. Mike is the media specialist at Palm Beach Atlantic University uh, and a fellow technology manager. How are you, sir? Great. It's good to be on today. Uh, also, we have uh, possibly, we have a, a surprise guest uh, from Chris Netto. Where, uh, he's rebooting his squirrels as, it's, <laughs> as we speak. So uh, we'll, see how, we'll see what happens. Um, this week on AV Week, we're going to talk about um, hard drives and how long they last possibly. HD, uh, HDMI re-railing. And also the uh, the fabled iTunes or Apple uh, iTV. But first, uh, Pioneer um, is <laughs> coming back to television, specifically coming back uh, as a exclusive um, producer uh, for Dixon's. Um, Harry, we'll start with you on this one. Are you, is this a, how excited are you about this? I mean, is this a great thing that Pioneer is getting back and making TVs, or is this just eh? You know, who cares? Uh, yes, it is. In fact, I kind of had the reaction of Kermit at the beginning of the Muppet Show. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, they made some of the best TVs. I like them. I have a Pioneer Plasma on my wall from 2004 that still looks good. Um, and yes, get back in. Make some modern stuff. Yay. Yay. Hey, I should. Well, I have animal behind me, so I'm like, Ugh. Uh, Mike. Um, how how good of a deal is this? The fact that Pioneer is getting back, or is it you think you think maybe they're just getting back um, as as this private label, you know, white label um, manufacturing, and they they may not be getting back full swing. Well, whatever. Whether Harry, I've got a pine in my living room right now that's still one of the best pictures I've ever seen. Uh, eight years later, um, really thrilled uh, that they make the plays again. They're high end, uh, and they they last. Uh, hopefully, their new displays will be the same quality as their old displays. All right. Uh, moving on. The uh, speaking of displays, we'll keep talking about uh, TVs here for a second. The Apple iTV, the much rumored Apple iTV, uh, is apparently now not coming out. Even though they haven't really ever officially said that it was coming out, it's not a, not officially coming out. Until 2014. Uh, Mike, is this a huge deal for Apple? The fact that, first of all, they haven't ever really officially said this unless you count the Jobs biography in which he says, quote, unquote, I finally figured it out uh, as an official, yes, we're working on this. Me personally, I personally think that that was an official, yes, we're working on this. Um, is this a big deal, the fact that they're pushing this off again? Uh, 
till 2014? If it's real, it's absolutely a big deal that they're pushing it off. Um, Apple's not necessarily known as a company that's worried about getting everything right before they come to market. I think the first iPhone and several of their iOS operating systems would prove that. So I don't know what's holding it up if, in fact, it's real, but it's Apple, so you never know what's real. I'm still waiting for my you know, iWatch I was promised five years ago. Go, go, go buy a Samsung one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Actually, At least they'll you know get it out and get it to market. Yeah, the the best the best eye device I've seen this week was the eye patch, which is a a um, uh, a, a, um, a competitor to eye the to Google Glass, and it's just a guy with an iPhone you know strapped across his head. <laughs> so, uh, Harry, how big of a deal is this? The fact that they're pushing this not as not as yet yet uh, announced product until 2014. I don't expect to ever see it. Really? Yes. I don't expect to ever see it because they've already missed Apple's normal window for these things. Normally they come out with the – they might be one or two little things that, that are have, kind of have the concept, but then they they come out and they blow the concept wide open. Smart TVs exist already. Lots of smart TVs exist already. That's not Apple's thing. They don't come in afterwards and say, oh, yeah, we've got one too. <laughs> Well, except for, I mean, technically, the, the iPod was that, right? The iPod wasn't the first MP3 player, um, but it was, some would argue, the, the best for the time, 2001, when it was, when it first, when it was first announced. So, I mean, it, it's not like, you know, they've never done this before. I mean, there have been smartphones, but then the, the iPhone was the smartphone, right? Um. Yes and no. I mean, there was a couple of um, there was a couple of iPod or iPods. See, it's generic. <laughs> there was a there was a couple of MP3 players, and I even had one. I had a Dell jukebox. Mm. Okay, worked great. Okay, was not solid state. It was a hard drive, and it was about laptop hard drive sized. Had a screen on the front, wheel, whole nine yards. Worked great. Worked for years. Um, but they weren't there weren't very many of them around apple came in and said ha we have this we have the whole ecosystem we have this, da, 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 da. ipod is born ipod wins for a while um now they already kind of have their ecosystem with itunes and and everything else but they've managed so many tvs can display what's already on your apple stuff that it doesn't it doesn't make sense to make an Apple-based TV when you've already got things that can put all the displays? It, it just, like I said, I I don't expect to ever see it. Okay, and that's to, to me that's a little unfortunate because I was looking forward to it. Um, not because I mean, not that I'm a big Apple fan. I've got uh, an Apple TV and I've got an iPad that that helps you know um, do some cord cutting type uh, devices or cord cord cutting type things for me. Um, but uh, it was just it was it would be neat to see what they would do with it. And again, I, I mentioned the Steve's, uh, Steve Jobs biography. Um, after reading it, I did really did kind of expect it. So um, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, from Commercial Integrator, we've got a couple stories from them this week. First one up: Crestron adds video transmission to card-based digital media matrix switchers. Now, okay, so they add video transmission. That's great. Uh, the one quick thing about his. This is streaming. Uh, that's right. You are able to stream now straight from your digital media uh, box, whether it's an 8x8, a, 
uh, a 16 by 16. Um, you, if you go into the bigger ones, um, don't expect to see those yet, uh, but they will eventually have them. Here's one quick caveat, though, kids. It's streaming, right? That means that it's sending it out to the internet unless there's content protection on it. If there's content protection on it, you're not getting out of that box. Uh, Harry, is this... I'm going to ask you a yes-no question, then we'll get d deeper into this. <laughs> is this, first of all, is this a, gr a good idea to even do this? And and do you think maybe they're going to have to do some marketing to say, eh, wait, there's, there's a slight thing here, right? That's a good question. <laughs> um, it's not fair. Now you can see me think. I know. I can see the, the smoke coming out. The... Uh, um, Yes, I think it's a good idea. I have no idea how they're actually going to pull it off correctly because I have I have other issues. I'll get into it when we do this discussion. Okay. Well, here here's the thing and, and Michael, I'll ask you the same thing and then we'll get we'll get into this. Um is this even a good idea? Is should they be going down this whole streaming road knowing and understanding as well as they do because they're the one who taught a lot of us about content protection about the 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 hoops and stuff like that that we have to walk through when it comes to HDMI and HDCP. Should they even go, be going down this road of streaming? Well, I think streaming is really important. I mean, other of their competitors are putting out streaming boxes. We're using a couple of them on our campus. We do a lot of streaming, whether it's board meetings or um, events that we're streaming out uh, to the web. Uh, it's nice to have that built into the box uh, now. Um, but for those applications, you know, maybe the 30% of our streams that involve uh, HDCP, uh, which never makes anything easier, this is certainly going to be a significant hoop that we're going to have to, you know, figure out how to wedge our way through. Well, and it's not just a significant hoop. It's one of those things where, and God bless their marketing department, you know, they're, uh, and not just Cre I shouldn't pick on just Crestron's marketing department. Everybody's marketing department is like, this thing is great. It will cure baldness and, you know, do other things. Um, uh, the all-in-one box. Yes, the, the all-in-one <laughs> box. Nice, yeah. All-in-one box, you just take it out and you plug it in and it seamlessly pre works. Pre-programmed. Yes, pre-programmed. No, no programming required. That's always a nice one, uh, unless you want to add an actual touch panel and control it that way in any way, shape, or form. So, or get it to work the way you want. Or, you know, add any sort of um, IR-controlled devices or, you know, give it any sort of outside um, uh, stimuli. But, hey, you know, that's a whole other issue. Um, Harry, what, what are the issues with this thing and, and besides um, the HDCP issues? Um, I warn you, I just put up, I just figured out how to make a banner, so I don't know if that actually showed up correctly on your side, but anyway. <laughs> it, it did, it just covering up your mouth. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been completely sidetracked. We're back, we're on DM, right? DM, DM streaming module DM stream, that you can DM put into streaming, your DM. DM streaming module that HDCP compliance issues are going to happen about three feet away from the box. Um, I, had a, uh, I had a setup that we did recently where um, somebody's been using some standard Panasonic PTZ cameras with a, uh, um, with a switching rig and recording it for... Mm -hmm 
Um, for it's college, so it's for presentations, whatever. We went and put a system in. Now we gave them straight feeds off the cameras, so they still had their free camera feeds. But then we gave them a feed off of our system, which was the AMX version of DM. Has HDCP, goes into their older Extron processor, no HDCP compliance, no content. <laughs> so now they're having to redo their recording rig in order to actually work with the system that we provided because it's digital and digital is a pain. It's not a pain. Digital is nice. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's, you know, springtime and sunshine. When it works. When it works. Uh, speaking of when it works, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the head of the red band, folks. Um, if I can get to him, maybe. No. There he is. Uh, I don't know. He's on know. the side, I bet. He's on the side. I see him. I do, too. He's kind. He's kind of doing the the um the the shuffle yeah. of of needs to put another quarter in the Jersey Internet, but I don't know. Man, we'll try to we'll try to get him on. <laughs> and I know it's killing him that he can't come and, back. To and he's this. muted too, so that's the other thing. We're trying to get Chris Neto on here. So, all right, we'll move on and try to get. Uh, we'll try to figure this thing out here. Um, five. This is also from Commercial Integrator. Five Horses Taverns do-it-yourself noise control. Um, the best Boston restauranter combines uh, some sweat equity as as well as some interesting uh, DIY noise control. Um, first of all, Harry, is this even a good idea to, to do do DIY uh, you know sound abatement? Well, it wasn't t it wasn't entirely DIY because he did talk to people. Well, yes, I'm sorry. And yes, he, he, and, and he so he he actually gathered the information. Uh, good that he recognized that it needed to happen. Um, I just <laughs> I just went through yesterday something just a similar sort of thing where the architect refused to believe that you had to actually plan for where the audio was going and and otherwise you'd have dead zones and they were trying to rule out basically everywhere that we could put speakers in this particular room and it took two hours to work out where we were going to put speakers in the room all because it's like okay well no you can't put it there because now you've blocked off half of your room from this and, and so architects don't think about it and when they designed his original restaurant they weren't thinking about it because they've all gone to these all hard surfaces. Well, hard surfaces have nothing to do with acoustics, Harry. It's all about how it looks. This is fun. All right, Mr. Brandes. <laughs> um, yeah. I am here. You I are here. I can see that. I am connected. You're, you're moving, connected. That's a nice thing. Um, I keep it moving just so you don't think I dropped off. No, I appreciate that. I do, I do appreciate that. Um, when it comes to doing DIY, and, and Harry's right here, they did talk to himself. You and I are both technology managers um, for colleges, universities, educational institutions. This is what we do. This is this is how we live, right? This is how we make our $10 budget last until $1,000, right? So <laughs> this is nothing new for us. Is it a good idea, though, in the long term, um, you know, for, 
you, me, anybody, somebody that working in a in a in a pub somewhere, uh, to do a DIY <laughs> install and, and, and sound abatement. Uh, it it sounds very technical to me. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean it's extremely technical, as is a lot of the things that restaurants attempt to do on their own, like hang a projector that never fits on the screen or rack up a couple TVs over the bar that could fall at any given time. Uh, but the important thing is they're doing it, which we've all been to restaurants where we wish they had zoned audio and they didn't, and it was terrible. Um, so at least it's a step in the right direction of fixing the problem that that restaurant has. Uh, that being said, is it a long-term solution? Is it something that's going to last 15, 20 years down the road? I most do-it-yourself solutions really aren't you know that far-reaching. So I don't know how long this will last, but it's uh, certainly interesting reading the method and how how he went about doing it himself. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing about you know getting getting guys that you know to give you advice and this, that, and the other, but um, you know we'll, we'll see how it lasts for the long term. Uh, from CE Pro, re-railing HDMI signal power. It's if not for re-railing, most of the HDMI systems installed would be in the toilet, uh, says Jeff Boccaccio. Sure, that'll work. Uh, B-O-C-C-A-C-C-I-O. I apologize if Jeff is listening and I butchered your name. Uh, basically, what he says is since HDMI is a serial interface, an HDMI receiver positioned at the input brings in the serial data, deserializes it, this deserializes the data, that is, and converts it to standard digital video signal. It's the same type of video we have used over the years for scalers, format converters, and televisions. Basically, he's saying... Um, if your component is not designed to reboost the signal, uh, you're doing a disservice to the customer. You're doing a disservice to the designer who's designing it. And it's just not going to work in the system. Um, Mike, is this maybe something that we should have in the HDMI spec? Uh, obviously not this one because it's out already, but maybe in the next one where you know, you, you've got to have something that that passes this this signal along at 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 least the same level, if not above. I, I think this is a prime example of every spec at HDMI. There's always that last minute thing that you're like, this would be perfect, and it never makes it in. And there's no standardization, but who knows what 2.1 or 2, 3.5 or whatever they name the next one uh, will have in it. Hopefully some sort of standard standardization. Well, <laughs> let's hope so. Harry, uh, yeah. is this something we should have in the, in the next standard? Um, I think so, because if you want it, right now, if I go over like nine feet <laughs> on HDMI, I'm looking at some form of either booster or or something to, to boost the signal up, because it's just, it. <sighs> otherwise you're going to end up, you, you end up with like $1,000 75-foot HDMI cables, and... That sucks, especially when you break an end on one. Well, it also sucks because there's no way to, to I mean, nobody's going to guarantee that, are they? Is anybody guaranteeing a thousand foot HDMI? Not thousand, no, no, thousand dollar. Oh, I thought, so, I'm sorry, I thought you said thousand foot. No, thousand dollar, 75 foot. Oh, well, that's nice. Is that the diamond or the uh, the platinum one? From... <laughs> I don't know. It depends on what Extron's selling this week. Oh, very nice. There Who's we that? go. <laughs> Who is that company you mentioned? I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm, I don't know. I'm not familiar with them. All right. <laughs> let's let's do our 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 uh, our. Uh, I can't even go back to him now. Yeah. Okay. 
There he is. Chris, can you can we hear you now? So? There we are. Maybe. <laughs> Chris Christie must be, you know, surfing <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts or something. All right. We'll have Chris on next week. <laughs> Moving on. Good night. Uh, from Digital Trends, yay, 4K compatibility, yay. Are you tired of me talking about 4K yet? Uh, Next-gen SD cards are ready, hello, for 4K and 2K video recording, even if you're not. Uh, and I have a couple buddies uh, who still scream at me for talking about this. But, uh, Harry, is this a big deal? I mean, are, are we ready? Uh, let's talk about this. Are we ready for 4K? as far as an infrastructure and as far as switchers and as far as, you know, everything from displays, uh, from, from uh, uh, content inception, whether that's a, a player or whether that's a camera or what have you, all the way through to the end point, uh, whatever the display may be. Are we ready? Um, this is part of the infrastructure. The capture, yeah. So we're working on getting the infrastructure right now. Now, granted, we probably don't have the infrastructure um, in place, in rooms and things like that now, but it's going to get there. And, I mean, the DM stuff says that it does it. AMX says that it does it. Then, uh, yeah, you're going to need things like cards and everything else that, that deal at those speeds. So this is part of the infrastructure that's needed. So... Yes, good, because it's going to happen whether we like it or not. I think this has a lot more legs than 3D did. You think? I mean, that's that's one thing that, that um, people keep throwing up. Well, you know, I hope that God is not another 3D because, you know, that went over like a lead balloon. Well, it's not. It's, 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 it's different, right? 3D was just um, a gimmick, I guess, is the best way to put it. In, again, in my opinion, it's, it's not... Um, it's not, it's a resolution. 4K is a resolution. 3D is not necessarily a resolution. It's just, you know, taking the same image and putting it into the left and right, um, left and right eyeball uh, to make a pseudo three-dimensional uh, image in your brain. Um, Mike, is this, are we ready for this, whether it's education or, or pro or, or residential? Are we ready for 4K uh, from capture all the way through? Right now? No. If six months? Maybe. Um, but We've been talking about 4K since you know, since Infocom. Where's the content? I think it's like, in that regard, it's very much like 3D. There's not a whole lot of content driving it right now, and arguably there's a lot more 3D content than there is 4K. What's the need for it right now? It's really cool. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to put a 84-inch LG um, 4K monitor in my home right now, but I don't know what I would play on it. YouTube video. Yeah, I can, you can. You can. No, you can. Yeah, YouTube video cats. You can download. Uh, and I use this argument a lot. You can download 4K from YouTube currently, if, as long as somebody has uploaded it uh, in 4K. Um, and that's pretty much the extent of it. There are some movies out there, and please be careful when you're when you're watching movies uh, and or purchasing Blu-rays. They'll say mastered in 4K or mastered for 4K, but when you look at the fine print, it's really just 1080p. That's pretty much the extent of it. So. That means they've got a file somewhere that says 4K, and five years down the road, we're going to charge you for this movie all over again to, yeah. so that you can play it on your 5K machine. 
Did you say 5K machine? Whatever. You 5K can't, machine. You can't, yes, there's no derivative. That's It's 4K and then 8K and then 16 and then 32. You, you run 5Ks. Yes. I like You I, watch 4K. I, I, I yeah. Very nice. 5Ks. Um, I... <laughs> I like fractional case. Okay. Well, Harry's Harry's background, for those of you not watching the video, um, he has his medals from running and stuff. I have an animal from the Muppets. I'll let you decide who's more fun. Uh, <laughs> from the AV Network. I have a dragon. Uh, you have a dragon. Yes, sir. Yes, you. I'll show the dragon. Show the dragon. There he is. There's the dragon on the, the side. Dragon. Okay. I still have animal. And an A-pad. So, you know, uh, the, uh, the magic of best practices, uh, from Mike Bradley, uh, here's the thing about the, the whole magic of best practices article. And, and I wanted to get both of your takes on it because you guys come from two different angles. Um, Harry, we'll start with you when it comes to integration, right? Uh, take me through some of the, the, the standard operating procedures uh, from the time you guys get a job straight through to when you um, when you finalize it and you have the customer sign off on it, what are some of the things or, or some of the pitfalls that, that common integrators will, will fall into that can be stopped by maybe some of these, you know, we do this and we do this and we do this? I thought this was only an hour show. Okay, very nice. Give me a synopsis. <laughs> I, I, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, I've been working on best practices here for six months um <laughs> basically when you get a job that that assumes that first of all the salesman has done his job and uh sales engineer has done their job in actually engineering it in during the quoting stages okay and caught most of the things there you, you have a checklist that says okay display <laughs> switcher make sure that you've got the things to talk between them Sources. What sources are you having? What? Make sure your switch. I mean, it, it's all. It's it's checklists. It's it's all. Che it, and then you go through and you get the job. Now you've got to go back and do detailed engineering on it, and you've got to see what. <sighs> got to go back, draw it out in more detail. Make sure you've got all the cables that need to happen. Make sure you have. Because otherwise you end up you go on a, go on a job site and oh I'm missing a six foot HDMI, or oh I need audio cable for this and we didn't bring any audio all we have is Cat five. So making sure that all the cables are there, all the cables are on the the sales order, um, just double and triple checking things, running it through different people. Um, one of the ways to to build this is to actually build the racks in-house, test everything, power it all up, put the control program through it, whole nine yards, while it's still in your shop. Because you can, something that takes an hour to fix in your shop can take three hours out in the field. Okay, I, I've heard more than one integrator tell me that. Why is that? Because that doesn't make any sense to me. Because here it's a controlled environment. Okay. Okay, and we're dealing with things that we know, We've got short cable runs coming out of the rack going to our uh, going to the equipment, so it's we we don't have to trace things out. And you get if you get the rack 100% here, and you get if you get the control programming done, 
you don't have to programmer doesn't have to come out on site don't have to have multiple trips of oh what do you think of this oh what do you think of that oh how does this work does it not work um, all the testing is done ahead of time so now instead of you test something and say you test something and everything you think everything is fine out in the field you think you've tested everything but you missed something and lo and behold that that little thing doesn't work now say your job is an hour and a half away so job sites an hour and a half away now you've wasted you've wasted three more tech hours on driving plus whatever it does it takes to fix it and then to see if there's something else going on afterwards so I mean you basically you've killed an entire day <laughs> by the time you're all said and done on something that could have been fixed in-house relatively quickly while everybody was still assembled that makes sense that does make sense. I, I, I again, I had never because I'm not an integrator. I'd never thought of it that way. Uh, Mr. Brandis, it's also better Brandis. to not have you end users over our shoulders. Hey, 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 hey! We're there to make sure you don't screw up. Put the stupid power button somewhere stupid, or you know, yeah, put the I'm wrong label color. something stupid like power. I had a. Um, I'll just tell this because he doesn't listen to this, and I'm not going to call his name out. We had a designer who um, did one of our nursing buildings. There was six, seven uh, fairly good-sized lecture halls and had a full control system. Um, I mean, we had a, a big mon monster rack. It was in an enclosed space, right? So you would think that there would be fans or at least some sort of sequencer to power the, power the thing down, right? Well, of course, there was a sequencer. Uh, he just forgot to tell anybody that he wanted it to turn off at the end of the day. Uh, or when they were, you know, when the things shut down. So um, after about six months, I started replacing uh, video switchers because, you know, they were cooked. And then I went back through and reprogrammed it and did it myself. So uh, <laughs> that's that's a freaking integrator designer person thingy. So that's what we're here for. Uh, Mike, when it comes to um, installing and, and, and dealing in the environment that we that we work in, uh, is, what are some of the best practices that we that you and I have to deal with uh, besides faculty? I mean, we we also have staff, we have student workers and stuff like that. So, how do we keep all of that stuff moving and uh, hopefully keep faculty happy? First of all, I want to start by apologizing to Harry for us terrible customers. Um, being over your shoulder, as you so eloquently put it. <laughs> Don't apologize to him. It's what we do. Our bad. We'll be happy to take our business elsewhere. Oh, um, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> that being said, it's completely different in education. We don't have the wonderful budgets that some other uh, places, maybe in healthcare, et cetera, have. So we've got to do it on a limited shoestring budget, which often means we do our own design. I don't know if you do, Tim, but sometimes mm -hmm. we do ours. Um, so it comes down to first you need to nail down and communicate well enough with your stakeholders what you need. Uh, if you don't communicate, then you get scope creep and you get everything. You know, your three-month project takes nine months and no one's happy at the end of it. So that's the best practice for me is getting uh, sign-off on every step of the way from my customers and then communicating that specifically and explicitly to our, you know, integrator friends who are so angry that we're calling them. And then... After all, after the installation and everything, the big thing becomes training, uh, documenting, and for me, teaching my uh, student staff how to operate these systems. Since no matter how many 
sometimes you show a faculty member, no matter how much you document the system, something's going to come up one day that they're not going to know how to fix. So you've got to have dedicated support personnel that can take care of any issue. No, nope, that's those are good. Those are good ones right there. And you're right. Uh, it really, really does start at least for us here uh, in education. Uh, it starts with getting, making sure that all the all of the stakeholders really understand what we, we understand what they're trying to accomplish, and and they understand our limitations. Honestly, I mean, because you, you'll have, um, you know, I have a, a an art, uh, a film art, a film history teacher who teaches in. Uh, probably about a dozen different classrooms and he wants he wants he literally this guy wants 4k already uh in all of these classrooms and god love him he's a nice guy but you have to make him understand look you know this this is my budget for the year duty this this is it you know uh for everybody for the entire you know we have 180 rooms 180 classes that have uh, classrooms that have some sort of technology projectors and, and, stuff. and for every one person wanting 4k there's three people that want vhs amen brother amen find a happy medium that's one of the things that we have to communicate with our faculty is we're designing for the 95%, not the uh, the 5% outliers that want interesting technology or the ability to do this and that. We've just got to hit the most number of people that we can with our limited budgetary resources. Are you, are you still dealing with uh, with slide projectors, by the way? Uh, I have had several, but not recently. Yeah. No more laser discs either, so it's yeah, been a good, good year. I, I could I could deal with the laser disc simply for the uh, the the quality version. I still have one um, instructor who who does uh, who still has slides. I still have to repair it from time to time. Um, and the first I think I told the story on the on the air before, but the first time that I had to repair it, he still had the slides in there. Um, this gentleman teaches microbiology, and it was a slide presentation of STDs. And so when I finally got it working, I wasn't I wasn't hungry for the rest of the day. Let's just put it that way. <clears throat> so, wow, yeah. that's some story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're listening to AV Week. Uh, that gentleman right there is is Mike uh, Brandis from uh, uh, from Palm Beach Atlantic University. Uh, that gentleman right there is Harry Mead, uh, the taking lead. off end users since 1996. Yay. <laughs> Harry's my favorite CTSD because he has one and I don't. So, yeah, but uh, you got your DMC ahead of me. I did do that. I did do that. Although you probably already got yours, don't you? Yeah, I do now. Yeah, you suck. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get. Like, but I'm you gonna, had it first. I'm gonna have to get my. P- I only got it first because Kevin's my buddy. That's the only reason I passed that class. <laughs> Teacher's pet. So I shouldn't say that because he sometimes watches this. So. Uh, <laughs> He'll probably yank it. He'll 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 d he'll de me. Um, couple of uh, interesting video uh, stories here. First, uh, the from the uh, from installation installation uh, dot com, international dot com. Uh, the uh, cinema Odeon Cinema presents a giant NEC LED display for the Hunger Games premiere. The second uh, Hunger Games catching fire. Uh, it was put on. It was hundred seven square meters. Let me say that again, 107 square meters. Uh, in a similar story, TDC helps create projection first on the Sydney Opera House and Harbor Bridge. Uh, Harry, where are we going when it comes to video um, as art, I guess, or, or video as as um, presentation art? I mean, both of these are bigger than life, right? They're, they're bigger than anything, um, both 
projecting onto, onto the freaking Sydney Opera House, which is not only an iconic image for Australia, it's an iconic image in art in general. Uh, and then putting, you know, a giant LED up. Um, where are we going? Where, where is the end game for this? Or is this, this going to be, or is this going to be kind of become the norm uh, for projection? Wrapping buildings in display. Ooh. That would be cool. Ima- imagine Times Square without any without any visible signs. It's just the buildings turn into signs. Hmm. Okay. I yeah. Buy it. It, it basically that's where it, that's where I think it'll happen, and I think they'll get it, they'll start building it into some of these things. Like I think if the Sydney Opera House were built today, it would have something like that built into it, where they could do something on the outside. Um, for just these things, because there's been too many big things that they've done in Sydney Harbor, where they've either shot fireworks off of it or, mm. <laughs> or whatever, that I'm I'm sure there would be some form of this built into the system. Hmm. Okay, Mike, is is Harry right where it's some sort of uh, like the material maybe uh, is built into the uh, the, ma- the construction material of the actual building, or is it something? Yeah, maybe not so permanent, but uh, where where are we headed when it comes to display uh, technology? I think we're going to see permanently uh, a lot more of these displays like at Odeon. I think we're going to see a lot more large, massive LED displays. We have the one that's in the Cowboy Stadium. We have this one. I think these are going to be a lot more permanent structures than maybe projector mapping onto the edge of an iconic building like Sydney. Who knows what, what it's going to look like five years from now with every you know, building over 10 feet, the side of it being an LED billboard for somebody. It's, I don't know, it's, it's weird to me seeing things like this. When I was in Times Square last, I was just blown away by all the advertising and sensory, you know, just overload. I don't know what the future holds, and I hope it's not, you know, 800 foot, you know, square foot LED displays everywhere you look. No, it'll be, uh, it'll be, um, displays or, or, or ads into your Google Glass, and they'll just you know pop up. And, and my say, iPad. In your iPad, yes, in your iPad. <laughs> um, they'll say, "Hi, Mike. You, you we we see that you are uh, you know you're low on coffee. Would you like a Starbucks? It's right this way." So I can see that being useful. Don't well, it at all. <laughs> depends on the day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, today would be one of those. Uh, Biomet- biometric sensors measuring caffeine blood count. <laughs> Well, how about on Friday nights, you know, biometric sensors uh, (laughs) measuring your alcohol content. Well, Tim, you're a bit low. You need another something. (laughs) Uh, Okay, this is an interesting uh, story, and I apologize to you guys because it's a a long one. It's from ExtremeTech.com. The question is, how long do hard drives actually live for? And the reason I put it up there was simply because... A lot of what we deal with now has some sort of storage, has some sort of, of memory storage, right? Um, whether that is the control panels or the, the, you know, the actual touch panels that we program, or it is the, uh, the processors that, uh, that run our, our rooms. Uh, the, the, the short version of that is, is primarily it's between three and four years is what I gathered off of that, uh, the article. But the bigger question for us in ProAV is when do we have to start worrying about that? I mean, most of the rooms that we build that have some sort of control processing, uh, we want the half-life to those to be mm, eight to 10 years. Uh, Harry, I'm gonna kick it off with you because that's, from an education standpoint, that's what we look for. Uh, we'd love 15 years, by the way, Mr. Integrator. Uh, is that reasonable? By the, is that, first of all, question, is that reasonable eight to 10 years? Is it is it reasonable? <laughs> and the second question, if it's not, then, you know, 
it doesn't apply. <laughs> okay. No, no, I, I'm absolutely dead calm serious. It doesn't apply. Okay. They talk about hard drives. There's no hard drive in a control system. It's all solid state. Okay, okay. I got There's you. There's no, nothing, I have not installed anything with a hard drive in years, many, many years. And even then they were few. It was all solid state stuff. Okay. Um, so the hard drives are going to be in the computers and you guys are going to be swapping out computers. Well, it's education. So every six, seven years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah. So technically for our equipment, this doesn't apply. I mean, yes, standard hard drives come in at about 78% after four years. 78% of them are still going strong after four years. In this particular environment where these are cooking all day long, they're moving. And so on ones that aren't moving all the time, you can probably get tons more time out of them. But yeah, for, for my purposes, there's not really much there because we don't have to do any because we don't have them. <laughs> we don't have any hard drives. But, you know, you, you make a good point. I didn't even put the two together. You're right. Most of our hard drives are, or the most of the storage is, is solid state. So, uh, Mike, do you even want to, you know, weigh on this now that Harry has totally blasted me and, you know, told me that I'm silly? Yeah. You know, in education, I'm using hard drives, obviously, for, you know, all my computers have hard drives. Um, we're even seeing a computer design that we're mostly moving away from, you know, rotating disk hard drives and moving to solid state drives. So that's a huge improvement. But that being said, I'm not sure I agree with the data here. I mean, at least in my end, I've seen drives that typically last significantly longer than four years. Of course, then again, depending on who's using it, I've seen hard drives that last less than a year. So it's, as far as AV goes, we're not putting anything specifically audio video design that has a hard drive, a spinning disk hard drive like these, but flash memory and be interested to see how long some flash memory lasts moving forward. Yeah, that would be an interesting article. So, uh, all right, guys, we have one more story. Uh, so say, before we get yes. to that story, yes, I have breaking news. Oh, you're going to steal my thunder, aren't you? Yes, I am, because cool. I was just informed by <laughs> someone who shall remain nameless that one person on this podcast won Vadio's weekly drawing a little while ago. And it wasn't me. <laughs> and it wasn't me. Very nice. Very well. I'm sure all my followers will be thankful that I'm no longer tweeting things about Vadio. <laughs> so there you go. Mr. Brandis, Brandis won his, his Vadio. Well, what, did, what exactly did you win, though? Because you didn't get. You, it's not the grand prize. This is... No, this isn't the grand prize. I'm not sure exactly what the weekly prize is, but I think it's a couple T-shirts and some other things. But a win's a win, and I'll take it right about now. <laughs> says yeah, says the fortigator. Every every T-shirt I've ever gotten from them is XL. I am not XL. That's perfect. That's perfect. I am. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll send my T-shirts to you. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. All right, guys. Well, uh, that that last story. Unless you, unless either of you have any other breaking news, like somebody's going under or something. Um, that's going to do it. Uh, our apologies for not getting uh, Chris Neto on this week. We will try in the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll raise some money and help him pay his internet bill. I don't know. <laughs> Something. Get him a new router. Uh, so with uh, with us this week has been uh, Mike Brandis. Brandis. 
screw it. Mike's from <laughs> Palm Beach Atlantic University. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Uh, where can people find you or find your writings and, and hunt you down? I write at MikeBrandisAV.com, and I'm on Twitter at MikeBrandisAV. Uh, and then I'm all over Red Band, so feel free to find me anywhere and let me know what you think. Yes, Red Band. And uh, had Chris been on, we would have we would talked about some of the stuff that they're doing. Uh, they're going to come up with some more uh, some more podcasts here here real real quick. So, although also with us is Harry Mead. Harry is the lead engineer for CCS, uh, lead design engineer uh, for CCS presentation systems. Uh, thank you, sir. Mid Atlantic. Mid Atlantic. Something. There's lot. There's lots of offices, and I'm not in charge of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> And we just gave thanks you. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Where can people find you or anything? Uh, Facebook, what, Skype, Twitter is Mr. Av Dawn. I know you like me saying that. <laughs> just because just she awesome. got into Twitter before I did, and still does an exponential amount more on Twitter than I do. <laughs> yes, she does. She's darn good at it too. So. All right. Uh, my name is Tim uh, Albright, T-D Albright, A-L-B-R-I-G-H-T on Twitter. Uh, but more importantly for me and everybody here that does anything uh, with AV Nation, please go by the website if you would, please. Uh, the folks that are working on it work awfully hard. Uh, they're still trying to tweak some stuff out, but the website is avnation.tv. avnation.tv, you'll find this podcast as well as a host of others. Uh, Mike mentioned uh, the uh, education podcast. We have an ed tech show um, focused on education av um we have a marketing and social media podcast called uh, av social that'll have a new show up coming up next week uh social as well as um control show home automation stuff like that so go by the website avnation.tv avnation.tv say thanks so much for listening it's all the time we have for av week